0: Now, it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Now, we've all heard those expressions, safety first, better safe than sorry. You know, nowadays, safety is almost an obsession for us. You know, we have our savings account, we pay our social security, we insure our cars, our homes, or even our lives. We buckle up when we get into our car for safety. But when you think about it, what's the ultimate safety? Well, it's salvation. And that's exactly what Jesus addresses in the gospel. You know, it gives us an unpleasant feeling. You know, if we miss maybe a bus or a train, maybe a meeting, maybe an event. Worse yet, we feel even terrible and even miserable when it's our own fault that we did something. You know, we dawdled or we did something unnecessary to miss that meeting or that event that we promised someone that we would attend. And so, what's the possibility now that essentially we're going to be late for the kingdom of God? And I think that's exactly what is questioned by the person. In the gospel, that poses to Jesus. And notice Jesus' answer. The gospel begins. It says, Jesus passed through the towns and the villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Now, this question that is posed to Jesus, who will be saved? Well, they're talking about salvation and heaven. Now, this question has vexed people for centuries on end, theologians, scripture scholars. If you look at St. Augustine, he believed in predetermination, which is the notion that only a few were predetermined to be saved, and the rest belonged to the Massa Damnata, which is Latin, for the mass of those that are damned. Now, if you look at our history of our church, before Vatican II, the church emphasized mortal sins. Now, mortal sins essentially would prevent us from going to heaven and receiving salvation. Now, the byproduct of that is many people took on an image of God, of a person to be feared, that God is ready to pounce on us. Now, after Vatican II, in the late 60s, the church or you could say the church swung the pendulum the pendulum the other way. Now it emphasized God's love and it wasn't obsessed with sin. And therefore the people generations after Vatican II they assumed that everybody's going to get into heaven regardless of what type of life they've lived. Now I would argue both perspectives are not good. Why? Well, if people essentially are guaranteed to get into heaven, they'd be indifferent to practicing the spiritual life. Essentially, that would pave the way, in that, which is what we have now, which is extreme secularism in our culture and throughout the world. You know, if we really think that everyone is going to heaven, that it's a given, regardless of what type of life we've lived, and that's the case, then why bother with the spiritual life? Why bother going to Mass every week, praying every day, going to confession, praying the rosary? Well, it's just a waste of time. Why just focus all of our attention on making money, making a fortune, satisfying all of our earthly pleasures? If eternal life is really a lock and a given, then we should turn our life to the secular world. Focus on everything, money, fame, fortune, materialism. But that's not what God wants. Now, first and foremost, the church doesn't want us to be terrified by God, such that we're enslaved to practicing our faith because we fear God. God, The church doesn't want that. But we don't want people to be indifferent to the spiritual life, you know, in living out their faith. Living out their faith means now something trivial because it doesn't mean anything. We're all going to go to heaven. Well, look precisely at what Jesus answered in that question. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Well, Jesus here is, he's asked an abstract or a philosophical question, and he turns the answer around and he makes it personal. Jesus is trying to get us to accomplish something great and yet, difficult. Give you a good analogy. You're trying to get into shape. Now, that is something great and yet difficult. Now, you have a good trainer and they lay out a plan for you regarding nutrition and exercise and rest, all that stuff. Will it be easy? No, not at all. Say you're used to eating a Big Mac for lunch and maybe taking a nap in the afternoon. And then around three or four o'clock, you get that low blood sugar, so you're used to grabbing a candy bar. Your trainer tells you, "Well, you can't do that anymore. You've got to eat fruit and vegetables. And for a snack, you eat nuts." Well, then you're used to you know coming home and taking a nap, or you like to watch a lot of TV at night. Your trainer says, "Well, no, you can't do that anymore. You've got to exercise." you got to either get up early in the morning before work and exercise, or when you come home at night, then you exercise. Again, it's not easy. It's difficult. But what are you trying to do? You're trying to do something great, which is to get into good physical shape. Now, some can do that. In fact, you can do that. But you know others, they can't. They won't stick to that plan. And so the path to getting into good physical shape is narrow because you alone can stick with that plan. You can do those things. While very many many of the people that you know, they can't do that. That's why the path of failure is wide. And now you ask your trainer, how many people will get into shape in the United States this year? 30%, 50%? Now, if you have a really good trainer, your trainer will say to you, hey, don't worry about them. You just worry about yourself. Now, get back to work. Well, Jesus didn't answer this abstract question with an abstract answer. No, instead, Jesus made the answer very personal, especially to us. Jesus is really telling the person in the gospel, essentially, don't worry about who is going to get into heaven. You just worry about yourself and you get back to work in the spiritual life. Then it begs the question, what does eternal life mean? What does that mean to be saved? What does it mean to get into heaven? Well, it means full participation in a life with God, conforming ourselves to God. See, that is why Jesus is referring to when he says, the gate is narrow. Well, the gate really is Jesus Christ himself. We have to conform ourselves to Christ such that we surrender to God's grace. We allow God's grace to flow through all aspects of our life, through our work, through our relationships, our family and our friends, through our hobbies, everything. See, that's what it means to participate in God's life. That's what it means to pass through the narrow gate. Our life is now conformed to Christ. We take on a life of Christ. Everything in the spiritual life, all of the sacraments, all of Scripture, all of our doctrine and our dogma, it's all meant to bring us in conformity into God's way of being, into the way of eternal life. Now, it's not soft. It's not easy. No. It requires hard work on our part. To conform ourselves to Christ is not going to be easy. To walk that path, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging. And Jesus tells us, point blank, this means we have to take up our cross, conform our life to Christ in every detail, surrender to God. Now, is this going to be hard? Well, yeah, you bet it is. Just like getting into shape. Is it hard? Yeah, absolutely. The path of Jesus Christ is hard, yes. That's why the cross is something, and practicing our faith is something that we can just say, well, you know, I got a a firm relationship, or I've got a good relationship with God, you know, and I've had it for several years. Well, now I'm on cruise control. I can go to Mass whenever I feel like it, you know, and I pray whenever I want to. But I'm in a good relationship with God. I'm in a right relationship. Well, no, we're just kidding ourselves. You know, it's just like uh, a person says, you know, I I got into great shape a few years ago, and now I'm just coasting. You know, I exercise when I feel like it, when I have time, and I can eat whatever I want. Well, they're just kidding themselves. They're not still in shape. We have to take the cross every day. Mind you, now, it's not an obsession with suffering, but we have to be willing to walk the path of Christ, conforming our life to Christ. See, heaven is a name we give, the fullest state of conforming our life to Christ. In heaven, we are fully conformed. We fully participate in sharing a life with Christ. Now, the gate to heaven is narrow, yeah, and that's not because God is cruel or malicious. No, that would be like saying all physical trainers and physicians and dieticians are cruel and malicious because they're trying to keep us healthy. That's crazy. The gate to heaven is narrow because it's precisely in the shape of Jesus Christ himself. That's why Jesus Christ in John's gospel calls himself the gatekeeper. Because he is literally the gate. The gate that we have to go through to get to heaven you know, is essentially the, great, the gate of Jesus Christ. It looks like him. It's shaped like him. That's why we have to conform our life you know, in who we are to Christ. See, then we can pass through. Now, go back to that question again. Lord, will only a few people be saved? How many will be saved? A few? 30%? 50%? Well, put that question aside. Instead, what's really our mission? Strive to enter through the narrow gate. You know, Don't be concerned or worried about others. We should be worried about ourselves. Conform our life to Christ. Then it's something we don't have to worry about. But instead, it's everything that we have to look forward to. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.